0: 720 WGN we're all sliding into the weekend. Thank you for joining us. I'm Lisa. Let's say hello to Laura De Pasquale. She is the Senior Vice President of Sales and Commercial Operations for Artisanal Wine Domain and Estates Artisanal. That is a long title, Laura. Tell us what you do for Southern Glazer's One and Spirits.
1: <laughs> it's a super long title. Um so I'm the Senior Vice President for all the boutique and fabulous amazing collectible, rare, discovery, eclectic wines for uh, some of our specialized sales divisions, but for the country in general. Oh, my gosh. So you
0: have had the experience of drinking some of the finest wines in the world. Someone had to do it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I guess I didn't raise my hand quick enough. (laughs) So I, I see that there was some research done because, of course, everyone who has a product to market wants to know who's buying their product, and how they can better serve them. Let's talk about wine and the difference in generations when it comes to what type of wine you consume or you choose.
1: Oh, that's a great question. So everybody's drinking wine, right? But there's definitely a um, preferences, and and it is, pretty generational, right? So, you know, we see the boomer population drinking a lot of Napa Cabernet, a lot of California Chardonnay, um, some Burgundy, some Bordeaux. Um, Then we see the millennial group being a little more experimental, being a little less brand conscious, um, a little more uh, discovering new regions and new areas like Albarino from Spain, um, more Tuscan wines, maybe some cool stuff from Mount Etna in Sicily. And then the newest generation that's entering the market, Gen Z, we're really seeing them looking at wines that are perhaps natural, but certainly their concerns with how is, how are the grapes being farmed right so are they practicing biodynamic or organic or sustainable at the very least and and what is their community involvement in the area that they're coming from so there's there's quite a definition and quite a quite a split so gen z very conscious
0: as i've noticed very. as well about every aspect of farming and who's being treated well, who's being paid well. And is that what determines what you call a
1: natural wine? No. So a natural wine really is, is is what's in the bottle, right? And natural wines are wines that are produced without sulfite additive, that are fermented with natural native yeast, maybe even spontaneously. Uh, there's a category called pet nat which stands for Pétillant Naturel, so it's a sparkling wine, so you could be cloudy when you see it in the bottle. Um, And, um, you know, in general, this is a a curious consumer that is looking for something different and something new. Interesting. Are South African wines still doing well? South Africa is an interesting category. You know, um, it's kind of hard to determine because South Africa as a nation really has still unfortunately been struggling with supply chain issues. So when we get them, they do very well in the United States, but they're still having issues getting containers and getting ships down to South Africa to bring them to the United States. So they're kind of lagging behind in terms of recovery um, from COVID, from supply chain issues. So Yes and no, right? So okay. yes, when we get them, like I said, they sell, um, and they do well, and people are curious and, and want them, but they're having a really tough time recovering still. And are we drinking more domestic wines or more European wines? We're still drinking more domestic wines, right? We, we Americans are supporting American wine, um, especially with some of the really big brands like Camus and Rumbauer. However, um, International wines, especially French wines, have continued to climb, and we're actually starting to see a rebound of Australian wines, and New Zealand is absolutely on fire. Hmm.
0: What about celebrity wines? Dave Matthews, Zac Brown Band, it seems (laughs) like everybody, I don't know if they're just lending their name or they're actually involved in the process. Do those sell well? Does that help the consumer make a choice when they might not be well-versed in wines?
1: Uh, that's a great question so you're right and it seems like like every other day we're being presented with yet another celebrity wine whether it's an actor actress sports figure um musician in general they're not some are doing okay right it depends on what the what the marketing is behind them and if they're actually endorsing them um and some are not you know um it's interesting because there are a few celebrities that really are, you know, bought a vineyard. They're actually living there. They're involved in the blend or the cépage, You know, they're hiring really great winemakers and, and agronomists or farmers farmers to tend their vineyards um, but a lot of them are just lending their name yeah and that's when it's no
0: good really basically okay so yeah, millenn- yeah.
1: Um,
0: I, you know i've tried zach brown's not bad i've tried dave matthew's not bad the price point is always good so as we're going into the weekend i see that the research shows that millenni- millennials and gen z are drinking natural wines Rosé all day, and Red Zinfandel. Red Zinfandel is kind of their gateway into a nice, big, bold red, right?
1: Absolutely. You know, it's like Zinfandel died on the vine for a couple of years, and now we're really seeing a resurgence in that. We also see... uh, sweeter wines like Moscato, right, or the red sweet wines that have a little bit of uh, sugar at the end are kind of a gateway drug too, right? Um, so um, Stella Rosa being one of them, big brand. So yeah, you start somewhere. I mean, you know, I started with uh, some maybe not anything I would drink today. Laura, <laughs> I started with T.J. Swan.
0: <laughs> That's probably way before your time. <laughs>
1: Um, but, you know, what we love to see is someone that has curiosity, someone that has interest, right? So, you know, yeah, you may start with something and stay there your whole life, right? But in general, people's palates change, right? And their tastes change as they as they mature.
0: And And is that why baby boomers, you know, are predominantly your best wine drinker and they've got a better developed palate, so maybe they're spending a little more or investing in a bigger, bold red wine? I think that's
1: some of it. I also think, too, that the the boomer generation has more brand loyalty. You know, so they found their Caymus Cabernet or their Duckhorn Merlot, right? And, and that's their wine, right? And, and they buy, you know, a case or five or whatever every year, right? And it's their Christmas wine. It's their birthday wine. It's their anniversary wine. And it's uh, it, it, it's a lot of brand loyalty in that generation. So um, certainly there is the taste for it. What we see with Millennial in particular is the aptitude for discovery, right? So maybe they're like, oh, I love Pinot Grigio, right? And they drink Pinot Grigio for two years. And then someone gives them a glass of Alvarino or Gruner Veltliner. And they're like, oh, what's this? And they drink that for a year, you know, so there isn't the brand loyalty or even the category loyalty, but they're a really big, consuming generation. And what's also interesting about millennials is a lot of them were the cocktail generation, right, and really launched that mixology scene. As they are aging, right, going into their 50s, which is kind of hard to believe, but into their 50s, they are switching to wine. Thank you so
0: much Laura. It's Laura De Pasquale. She is the Vice President of Sales and Commercial Operations. She knows everything about wine for Southern Glazers Wine and Spirits. Everybody wants your job. Enjoy it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much.